Uh, here we are, recording. Welcome to, to our impromptu 22 panels with the much, much sleep-deprived Brett Taylor of uh, Bleacher Nation and the Onto Waveland podcast. You can tell that I'm just waking up. He, <laughs> he has more excuse. because I was going to say, see, I might seem like bright and sunny now because like, you know, I, I, yeah, no, I've gotten gonna... through... I got through the cycle of it being like brutal about two hours ago. And now I'm like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm jacked. This will be the craziest, craziest podcast recording I've ever done. Just because, you know, no prep, no nothing. Brett knows Marvel movies, but, but I haven't got him into comics yet. We need to work on that. Cause you live can, in a comic town, you know, I that. can talk about the comics I read when I was a kid, but. Okay. Uh, well, man, that's cool. It's, it's but you know, you live in like a, a, a mini comics Mecca. I I have heard, but I mean, feel free to share what. Uh, uh, I mean, when I was in town, I went to the Billy Ireland Museum on the OSU campus, mm -hmm. which is like the cartooning museum. If you if you go to their reading room, you've got access to everything they have in their archive. They have pages from you name it. Um, name a comic and they probably have a page. <laughs> Name an artist. You know, I, I had my picture taken with 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 Jeff Smith, the the writer artist of Bone, which if you don't know Bone, your kids would love Bone and you can find it at your book fair. Um, with the two of us holding up an original. Baseball related Peanuts cartoon. That's pretty so, awesome. You know, the actual Charlie Brown. <laughs> so, yeah. Right there in town, free. Nice. You should go down and check it out. Learn something about comics. Yeah, I was um, when I was a kid. The comic book store was the place to go. That's where you rode your bike to. Now, admittedly, it was for me. It was comic books, but also baseball cards because it was one shop and magic. I don't know if you, you remember the. I've the played game. a little bit. But but was, I I know yeah. I know how big of a thing it is because magic is still in most comic shops. The baseball. Yeah, I was into that. Uh, I was into that when it was like first yeah. coming out. It was like yeah, one of I the, remember that. You know, first of those strategy card games. And but I got I, I got into a bunch of those. There was a Star Wars one. There was a Marvel one. Um, yeah. So, but I was big into uh, Venom. Okay. As, as, a, as a character, and I, I got any any comic appearance that he had, I was into. We, we recently talked to Ram V, who is currently writing Venom. Oh. One of what the is first the, Venom runs that I actually care about. What's like the current like, arc good. look like for Venom? Is what it does it look like? Yeah. No, I mean, like, not not literally look like, but like. I mean, it looks fantastic because the art is, um, and, and this is how you know it's early morning again. The wonders of the fact that I'm sitting on a computer. Let's just <laughs> look it up. Um, the art is being done by Brian Hitch, who is one of the great artists of the last 30 years. And uh, Al Ewing and Ram V are trading off writing duties al ewing has been doing kind of a cosmic thing and ram is actually doing a story involving eddie's son oh 
who's still on earth and has a little bit of the symbiote and, and yeah, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> particularly cause I don't have the venom history. Um, because I was always one that I, I'm not a huge anti-hero guy. I'm really not a huge anti-hero guy unless they're written amazingly well. And particularly during those early days where it was all venom all the time, I didn't like a lot of the writing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was very, I mean, it appealed to a then 10 to 12 year old oh, yeah. boy. So all my like, friends it were probably, it. it was probably pretty facile, but it was, um, yeah, no, all I my just, friends were into it. I get you it. Know, I think it's just, it's easily compelling. The idea of like uh, the, a guy who wants to be the bad guy, but just keeps being compelled to do the right thing. Right. Like that, you know, well, and, 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 you know, particularly given that, that, you know, when Spider-Man had had the symbiote, he'd wanted to be the good guy and kept being compelled to do the wrong uh-huh. thing. And he, yeah. let, you know, I, I the concept itself worked relatively well. I don't know how much of it was I was a contrarian because I was definitely a contrarian in that. And that, you know, if all of my friends were into it, I thought it sucked. <laughs> I've eaten my words on a few of those things. I've discovered that there's some good manga out there. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, no, I just, I never got into the, the stories. And then when I came back to comics and Venom was still a thing, I, I came back more in the indie stuff. I just wasn't doing superhero stuff at all. So I really wasn't doing superheroes that I didn't care about. Had <laughs> you know, you just made me remember and realize. What? Okay. So uh, this, this may be of not interest, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, because it's, it's, always like, of interest. it's blowing my own mind. I love tangents. Well, like I'm remembering my box of comic books and I remember that one of the main series that I collected is they, there was this crossover series called fatal attractions that ran through X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor. Um, I forget which else, some of the, some of the standalone runs. And it was maybe like a, I don't know, a, a 10 issue series where it was, it was telling one story, but it ran through several of the different, book runs. And I loved that. I loved the idea that it was like one story, but it was running through different yeah. comic books. No, they, they, they did I that mean, pretty well in a lot of things. I mean, that was the, the beginning era of like the massive crossover. Now they do it all the time in comics. They, and you know, that that's probably why the infinity stone saga like landed so hard for me because oh. like I just that concept is, I mean, I know I like there's a reason it was so popular with lots of people, but like, I forgot like, Oh yeah. When I was a kid, I was super into that. Yeah. Well, and, and civil war, which got condensed into, you know, a captain America movie was the first big massive Marvel crossover event like the entire universe, there's like a hundred issues in the overall event, you know, everybody got involved and it's one of the few that was that big that actually like landed. I've read all hundred issues together a couple of times, even though I don't even really consider myself a superhero guy anymore. You know? <laughs> um, 
that's actually sometimes sometimes when people want to try to get into the universe, that's the one that I hear people use as a jumping on point. You you hmm. want a crash car course in Marvel Comics. Get yourself a, a Marvel Unlimited subscription and read Civil War. <laughs> I can see that. You'll get to know everybody. You'll get to, to see art and writing from a literal who's who of this generation's, well, really our generation's writers, because there's a whole new batch that have popped up in the last 10 years. Um, but yeah, no, for, for comic people out there, you know, Rucka, Fraction, Brubaker were all involved in Civil War. They're all, you know, guys that can sell anything now. They don't even have to work at the big two because... They can just write a comic and enough people will buy it that they can, you know, live comfortably. There's not like tons of money in comics. We're not talking baseball money, but, you know. <laughs> but you're a TV guy and there is a lot of crossover between comics and TV. Um, have you watched the Marvel shows? You've oh, probably sure. watched more of them than I, I have. I watched them all. What would you like the most? Among the shows, among yeah. those the MCU shows, I yeah. mean, it's it, it's probably unfortunate in a way that WandaVision was first because that probably was my favorite. Uh, so it's felt like a little harder to connect with the others. Loki was good um, in part because it connects more right. to the broader universe, which is what I dig. Um, I thought Ms. Marvel was really well done for what it was. You know, I love it was not, it was, I'm um, having, I haven't watched all of the show yet because I love the comic book so much and they had to make some changes. Yeah. So I got to take it like an episode at a time so that I can try to enjoy it as the show. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, what it's I definitely, it definitely became its own thing. I mean, it has yeah. really lived into its own um, style and universe yeah. well. Um, but Ms. Marvel's just such a fabulous character. Yeah, you know, um, you know what I really, you know what I really liked. I, so I watch them all uh, with my son, who is nine, right. and he's super into this stuff. And I really liked in Ms. Marvel just how it introduced him to a different world than he was maybe not going to get exposed to otherwise, in a, just a very accessible way for him. So and that's I like one of one of the great things about the comic itself as well is that you know suddenly in this world of mostly white men they dropped a, a pakistani american teenager not in new york no new york but in jersey city yeah. <laughs> yep it was, it was a nice it was i was talking to my wife about it i'm like it was kind of a nice trojan horse waited like just expose my kid to more of the world to be like, Hey, you know, not everyone looks like us. Not everyone's life is like ours. And well, and, and while, while there is a, a, a small, but loud part of the comic book, I don't even want to call it comic book community because they've walled themselves off and we've let them, um, a, a separate comic book community that gets upset about representation in comics. Um, comics have been, ahead of the game on representation since day one. Yeah. You know, I mean, every time, every time I see somebody on Fox news going, take the politics out of comics, I sit there going, you understand 
that when Captain America punched Hitler on page uh, on the cover of Captain America number one, it was six months before Pearl Harbor and 50% of the nation not only didn't want us to get into the war, but was more on the side of the Germans. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to forget in hindsight uh, when, when the bleeding edge becomes just history. Right. You for for that thing. matter, one, one of the things I love to toss out, um, French comics are a vibrant scene. And, and, and French comics are more like our books in that they're truly treated as a medium. You know, you have romance comics and you have nonfiction comics and you have noir comics and crime comics and sci-fi comics. And, you know, too much in the United States, we, we equate comics to, to just superheroes and, and comics are the medium and superheroes sure. is just the, the dominant genre in the United States. But if you dig into the history of why superheroes never dominated France, why they in fact have barely existed in France. It's because when superheroes were created, you know, Superman was like 1938 and it was really the, the first example of a superhero in comics. France was already under German occupation and Superman represents such a subversive anti-fascist <laughs> <laughs> that superhero comics were absolutely forbidden in France. There was no way they could get away with printing them. So, so it never became a big thing. And therefore it also never became, or the other things never became things that weren't considered comics. Yeah. That's wild. I did not know that. Actually it, in Japan, um, among the most, most popular comics are baseball comics. Huh. Yeah. I, I, I like to, there's a, a comic that's available on Comixology that I read regularly. I'm not caught up, but it's called Ace of the Diamond and it's about high school baseball. Huh. It's a slice of life high school baseball comic that has like 50 volumes. I'm like more than a thousand pages into it. Oh, that is, uh, it is, it is, I just hadn't ever thought about what a narrow band of the comic world I think of as the comic world. Right. For that matter. Um, and I always, I always forget the title cause I haven't read it yet. Shohei Otani credits the reason that he plays both ways to his favorite manga growing up. Huh. And the fact that the player, the, the main character in that both hit and pitched, that's what made him want to do it. According to an interview he did. in I think the LA times a couple of years ago. Wow. Um, I mean, they're, they're a major, uh, I mean, I, I just picked up recently cause it just got its first, uh, American translation, uh, a manga called bat kid from like the fifties. Oh, you know, it was like the first sports manga in Japan. And, and you know, it's this, it's this 
baseball manga from the 50s. Well, you'll appreciate this. Uh, so my wife is a middle school teacher and yeah, teaches literacy and teaches modern literacy and is always looking for ways to connect and meet kids where they are. And so she is huge on graphic novels and um, um, is just absorbed in them and recommending them. And, um, you know, our, our library at home is full of, you know, kid accessible graphic novels. Uh, you need to start picking up some of them, Brett. <laughs> Because even the kid accessible ones tend to be great. I mean, I always, I check them out what they're looking at. And I, uh, at least when they were young enough that I could participate with them in the reading where they needed me to, um, like the, like, uh, dog man, (laughs) dog man's pretty, pretty good. And sells ridiculously. Yeah, they do very well. You know, I mean, that sounds like a million plus copies, every book. I, I mean, uh, you know, that that's something that I like to point out to people in the the comics industry, because they they think, you know, when a Marvel floppy comic sells 100,000 copies, it's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, you know, Raina Telgemeier's last book had a one point two five initial one point two five million initial print run. And it's on its third or fourth printing now. Yeah. Um, there's this whole world of comics that, that many comic shops, I just put a link in the notes that you should pass on to your wife, a a friend of the podcast who we had on a while ago, wrote literally a book that just came out called teaching with comics and graphic novels. I'm going to ask her if she knows she, I mean, she very well, she's like super plugged into the. Um, you know, she like, might already know him. He, he, like the, he the development side that like, well, I, and he's, not surprise me at he's all. a, he's a high school history teacher, but also a, a reading spe- He got his master's in, in reading specialist, whatever. I forget exactly what the title is, but, but, you know, and everybody looked at him like, you're a history teacher. He's like, yeah, but reading's important all over the place. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's got a fantastic blog i think it's historycomics.net um where he's just got a, a crazy resource of comics that can be easily used in education nice yeah. um so for the the folks who aren't aware to the extent to, to the extent you put this out as a as a special episode, oh, we'll put it out just so yeah. they're aware so i'm i'm in the i'm doing i'm a i'm a baseball writer and i'm um uh covering the Major League Baseball trade deadline is coming later today, but I started covering it yesterday morning. It's part of a charitable fundraiser for Make-A-Wish. I'm in our, I mean, like our 20, oh, I'm, I'm in the 24th hour. Yeah, right you're now. in the 24th hour. Yeah. And it's uh, 41. And so when I dash and keep this short, Tad will understand, hope you listeners will understand. It's because now... Uh, the a lot of the national writers are just starting to are get starting up to wake up. And they're checking their sources from, again. Yeah, they're checking their sources from overnight, and I see my Twitter feed is starting to get populated. So, so, so really quick, as as two people who who I mean, you've made it professional, but but we both started doing things just out of out of love, and I think that that there's probably a similarity. Yesterday, you were writing about how your phone was blowing up with things that you couldn't specifically talk about, and that's because you've wound up. Uh, building actual relationships with people inside of baseball 
as I have built ab- actual relationships with people inside of comics, I, I constantly kind of feel my head spin because I'm sitting there going, how am I friends with this guy that's got this book out or this guy that just won an Eisner award or this guy that just announced a new TV show that he's producing. Um, does that feeling ever get old? Well, so no, no, because when, especially when you first meet someone that you're like, but I already know you, you don't know me, but I already know you. But then you know what is that feeling is always followed by, or at least it has been for me over the years is you very quickly realize people are just people yeah. and whatever world they're in and whatever circles they travel in, they are also, for the most part, I mean, some folks are different, but for the most part, people are just trying to live their life. And even to them in their circle, they're like, I'm just a normal person. Like, you no, know, I, yeah. And it's, but, but it's, it, I think it's actually for me, it's weirdest when I'm talking to people who aren't inside and you were actually the first one that this was true of i'd say yeah i was talking to brett the other day and people would be like you talk to brett taylor <laughs> i'm like yeah we hit it off at a ball game we send messages sometimes <laughs> i've actually i had a i forget brett did you i know you're a huge tv guy and i know you got to run right now did you watch halt and catch fire yes i loved that show Okay, so one of my best friends in comics now is Christopher Cantwell, who was the showrunner, creator, and head writer of Halt and Catch Fire. You, you'll have to tell him he did an excellent job. <laughs> and and I, I will. But when he found out that I knew you, he flipped. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Yes. Oh, gosh. No, man, he's a big I love Cubs that. Fan. That's so crazy. Well, I, I love that show. So <laughs> so you were the, because when, when we had him on the show the first time, I hadn't watched it yet. I'm not done with it yet. And I was desperately trying to remember who liked Halt and Catch Fire. Who was the one that told me this was great? Can I manage to get them on the podcast to talk to him about it? It, it, it probably was like probably at the bar sometime, probably when that's I was watching. Guess. That's I was my guess. like, dude, you got to check out the show I'm watching right now. That's, so that's so here's my challenge for you because it goes into your area of comics that that is actually you know a character that you know he has written both the last 20 sabat issues of iron man oh okay. and um the first three issues of what will be five issues of an obi-wan comic laughing ogre comics is in columbus it's a great shop oh i i, I know where that is okay Great, great shop. I've been there a couple of times. They even put up a thing for our podcast for a while. You should go check out those graphic novels, All and right. I'll try I'll to bring it. you back to talk Halt and Catch Fire with them. I just pulled up a tab, and I uh, keep it open. I have, I'm have. i one of these guys who has like 30 tabs open at right. all times, but I slide it over to the left, and I can't close it until I have like So do we have off. breaking news now? <laughs> so I got, yeah, I got, I mean... Like literally, as soon as I hop off of this, I have to go back through the ones that I had set from earlier to be like, okay, I need to get to that next. I need to get that next, and it is going to become a within like two hours. It's going to become a disaster. No, this is this is always this is the other reason that I get up early during your your blogathons. Is this is one of the fun periods? Yeah, this is when the switch gets flipped. Right. Um, 
All right. Any predictions on that. Wilson Contreras? Wait, what? Any predictions on Wilson oh, Contreras? I thought you were just reading something off. Uh, I was like, what did I miss? No, I mean, he'll go today. And my, you know. That makes me sad. The prediction I'll make is that I think it'll probably be a standalone deal. I think it won't end up being one of these package deals. And You think um, he'll be happy with the return? Or do you think it's going to come down to he'll go today no matter what? He's going to go today no matter what. I think it would be we should be pleased if it's as much of a return as the Cubs saw last year on their rental position players. I think um, that, that should be satisfactory to folks now that the decision has been made. So I would, I would look for that one pretty much as soon as whatever the resolution is on Juan Soto. I think you're going to see anywhere, but St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with the Dodgers. Thank you for finally giving us the follow because it was really weird having Derek Gold as a follower of my podcast and no verified Cubs person to counterbalance <laughs> to balance, him. Balance out the weights. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me. Let's, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely. Like I said, a, we'll, uh, we'll try to focused. get you together with Cantwell. We'll yeah. talk about the catch fire when I'm done watching it. Beautiful. He's still I'm very in. proud of it. And he just announced he's uh, bringing uh, Max Headroom to AMC. Oh, so I saw the headlines about that. I didn't know who it was that was doing it, but there's a Chicago connection there, right? Like the original, that broadcast was WGN. Um, That's, that's pretty wild. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about that next time. Yeah, we will definitely, we will definitely circle back when you're a little bit more sane, but I want to (laughs) take the opportunity to A, help you stay awake and B, now, since I've been talking about it on my Twitter feed all day, and we did plug you with like some industry giants on our episode. I saw, I saw it and I loved it. Thanks, buddy. No, but we plugged you in episode. Oh, I thought you meant like the tweet. We, we, we've, I've been plugging you on tweets all over the place, but I plugged you in the beginning of that episode before Tom and Elsa started to get to talk. Oh, you're the man. We, we, plugged, the man. we plugged your uh, blogathon. Well, thank you. So thank you, and appreciate the support on that. And well, and you um, know, I mean, Bat Kid came out of Make a Wish, so that that's yeah, what I'm trying to hammer yeah. on today to go. Hey, I know I had baseball fans too, but you know, there's a comics connection here. There always is. There always is. I mean, you're, yeah, you're pushing thirteen thousand now, aren't you? Uh, I think we're last check just shy of it. So yeah, hopefully, okay. going to take yeah, over. My soon. last check, you were like twelve five. Yeah. So yeah. Um, all right, man. Pushing for you. Have a great day. Thank you. How long are you in Chicago? Uh, I will be sleeping when this is done, and then I will be heading back uh, sometime tomorrow. So you're going to leave tomorrow. And I won't really be back until Thursday, so we'll miss each other again. Ships passing in the night. Good at that, man. (laughs) (laughs) We'll line up one of these times. Well, I'm thinking about coming out to the Comics Crossroads Columbus in October. Okay. Let me know. Touch base if if I'm... uh, if I get to the point where I know I'm coming. Right on. All right. Have All a right. great one, Brett. See you, man. Yep. Bye. Hey, guys. This is Tyler from 22 Panels. I'm here to tell you all about our Patreon. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to our Patreon to keep this show going. We have many different tiers, all different levels, to help you decide what's right for you. Okay, so get on out there to patreon.com backslash 22 panels podcast.